Good morning, everyone. Thanks, Anthony. Danielle is here, everybody. Danielle, welcome back. So fun. So fun. Can we hear more soon about your long journey away? Yes? So good to see you. Yeah. Um, we're in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, and um, we continue to be. And I haven't been up here in a long time. I realized that this morning. Um, I was on vacation for a couple weeks, which was awesome. And we had a membership gathering and an immigration Sunday and other great people preaching. And I'm a little rusty, then, you know, um, you know why. Uh, it's really nice to just to be able to open up the scriptures with you this morning. Um, found myself really looking forward to it. Um, and for those who are new and those who are visiting, it's, um, it's great to have you and I hope to meet some of you. Um, Matthew chapter 14 is where we're at. I want you in, I want it, verse 13 is where we're going to start. And I'm not going to give that away just yet. I want you to hear this um, story. And I invite you to just be, become a character in it. Um, it's, uh, there's plenty of room in this story for all of us. There's lots to learn um, in this story. And though it might be a familiar story, I, I encourage you to come kind of as you are today and, and find space in, in, in this story um, with all of us. Matthew 14, um, starting with verse 13. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men besides women and children. And this is the word of the Lord. Um... One of my go-to stories, as many of you know, is uh, the story of Ari and my trip to um, Europe right when we, when we were much, much younger, about 15, 16 years ago. Um, and we, we spent some time with Ari's family in Caserta, Italy, uh, longer than we had expected because we happened to fly over there on the day that 9-11 happened. And so... Um, 
our trip got all rearranged and um, what was obviously a tragic and disorienting event became a really special memory um, for Ari and I as we spent time there with her family. And this week, uh, that family that we stayed with is here in town. Um, Ari and the boys are currently on a tour of Hollywood with, with them, um, seeing the stars in the ground and, you know, all the stuff we take for granted. Um, but we've been having a blast. Uh, we, we got to spend the last couple of days with them. They flew in or with Ari's sister, and they kind of recovered from jet lag the first day, went to a couple outlets, I think. That was a big uh, endeavor for them. Uh, then they hit Santa Monica on Friday and did all of that, and Ari and the boys had a great time with them. Um, it's, it's, it's Ari's cousin, Angela, um, her 21-year-old daughter, Kiara, and then their 19-year-old nephew, um, Archangelo. And there's varying degrees of English speaking in the three of them. Angela's very, very good, and then it kind of waffles. Um, and it has been awesome um, for us to see the boys just um, engage with them and get to know them. Uh, so Santa Monica Friday, big, just sit in the backyard around a fire Friday night, um, hearing stories and catching up. Um, and then yesterday, a big gathering where all the extended family came, and I had the duty of barbecuing. It went all right. It went good. Um, but we barbecued, and we played charades, and just did all kinds of fun stuff. Um, the, her cousins went to the mission, and then San Juan Capistrano, and down to the beach, and jumped in the water, and um, it was just really, really wonderful. One of the, one of the highlights is that Kiara, um, who's 21, we didn't know this, but she jumped onto the piano at Ari's parents' house and just is unbelievable on the, on the piano. Bach and Beethoven and some other pop songs too, and the boys were just like, I was just like jaw drop, you know? Um, so just a rich, rich time. What makes it even more special um, is that under, under it um, is, is a story. Um, Angela, uh, Kiara's dad, when she was three, died tragically. He was an American. And so Angela moved back to Italy with Kiara, and she's, she's not been back to the United States. This is her, her trip back. Um, and so they came and were with fam our family um, because we've, been, we've visited and we've, they know us. And they're gearing up towards a, uh, the last part of their trip is in the Bay Area where she's going to be with her, her dad's family um, for the first time. Um, and so what makes the joy and the celebration so special is that below is a narrative that I think is similar to the narrative in our passage, which is a movement from a deserted place um, to fullness and newness. Um, and I want us to explore this passage a little bit, mindful of that trajectory. What does it mean to be in a deserted place? Um, what's involved in a movement towards fullness? And maybe this passage can help us just think about that um, for a little bit this morning. Three questions I want us to ask, and I, I do this from time to time. What does this passage tell us about us? 
Number two, what does this passage tell us about God? And then just third, what does this passage tell us about life um, in general? Um, remember a time when you wanted to be alone? Maybe it's right now. Um, <laughs> Remember a time you wanted, and maybe you were, alone. Um, for whatever reason. Maybe it's because you were exhausted. Maybe it's because you were um, frustrated. Maybe because you just needed a little margin in life. Maybe it was you were grieving and mourning. Maybe you were afraid. Um, and imagine that all of a sudden a crowd, a needy crowd, showed up to see you. A neighbor needed an egg. Kids needed your attention. A friend called out of nowhere and was dropping by. What, is, what does that bring up in you? That's kind of what we have going on in this passage. Jesus has gone away. He's gotten away. Um, and if you notice in the first section, the first line of that verse, when Jesus heard this, that this is the death of John the Baptist. That's what happened right before this passage. And if you remember, John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin. John the Baptist is likely Jesus' mentor. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. John the Baptist, we are told, is the one who's coming to kind of pave the way for what Jesus is up to. And so to get word that he had died um, would be a very significant event in Jesus' life. And so he got away to mourn. He was tired to grieve. The crowds, though, the scriptures tell us that Herod was afraid of the crowds because they loved John so much. So the crowds, too, are coming to this place, grieving, um, angry, Afraid. And our, and our passage calls it a, a deserted place. What does this tell us about us? This is not going to be shocking news to you, but we will find ourselves in deserted places. We will find ourselves in life, throughout life, in places of grief and anger and frustration and fear and loss. Um, places we would describe as deserted. And I want to invite us to bring that reality to this passage this morning. Um, I did a quick Google search so, of this, of the grief process. Um, there's a number of different lists. Um, I'm sure some of you could spout those off for us. It starts with like shock and denial, grief. Um, moves to maybe pain or guilt for the loss. Um, anger can be a next step, followed by understandable depression, loneliness. 
And then some of the lists include like an upward turn, that there's this step that's like before um, acceptance or before kind of working through that's just an upward turn. And I think I can see like all of those steps in this passage and imagine um, what Jesus and the crowds are feeling. And it tells us, I think, a little bit about what life can hold. Um, we're going to experience deserted places, and I, and I wonder what those are today. Maybe it's a job that we're in that just, man, it just feels like a dead end. Um, maybe it's a friendship that has changed um, over time, and you're not quite sure why, but you feel it. Maybe it's a dream that you always had and you kind of always held on to and it just kind of seems to be slipping from your hands. Maybe we're here today and our marriage feels like a deserted place. It just isn't quite what we hoped or expected. I want us to bring whatever that place is for us um, to this passage this morning. The passage goes on, and Jesus, in this amazing way, um, is able somehow to come back to the shore to look upon the crowd who are like him in a deserted place. And the passage says that he looks upon the crowd with compassion. Um, Some translations use the word pity here, that Jesus looks upon the crowd with pity. Um, and I love that this passage emphasizes compassion. When we think about pity, um, pity, let me just say this, pity can be a very helpful um, response to situations. Pity can be even uh, something that motivates good, you know, for, for all that are involved. But pity has this sense, at least in our language, of kind of being distant from, right? Or like um, coming from a place of strength or privilege to help another. Um, this word in, in, in this passage is, is not that word. It's a, it's a word that involves um, just kind of our whole bodies, our whole selves. Um, and, and just from this story alone, we know Jesus is coming with gut-wrenching empathy and understanding of what this crowd is going through, because he's going through it too. What does this passage say about God? about God and and, and the situation that we bring. It says that God is a God of kind of gut-wrenching with us compassion. That's who God is. Um, No matter what our deserted place is, no matter how barren it feels, no matter how hopeless it might seem, God is with us. And is a God of compassion. Last night, um, I love I love my um, my family, Ari's family, my family. Um, like any in-law scenario, there are there are times when I love them <laughs> and I'm frustrated. Um, we were on vacation a few weeks back, in fact. Uh, dot, dot, dot. Um, 
But last night I was sitting with them and I'm, I'm aware of this, this movement that's happening for this family from Italy. From, from a deserted, a very deserted place um, towards, towards fullness. And I'm looking around the room and, and the yard and just everybody who's gathered there. And we, we all, I mean, you could make a movie out of this. Like, we all bring our stuff. Um, there's broken relationships represented. There's divorce multiple times represented. There's illness and sickness, cancer. Um, there's, there are so many deserted places in that one space. And what Ari's family does so well is they come together. They just come together around food and wine and they just bring it and they don't even talk about it sometimes, which is like, ah, come on, let's talk about it. But, but the beauty of it is they just bring it all and they're there and they celebrate. They're with each other. Um, they're not afraid to be with. And I think it comes because of their faith. They have this great evangelical faith that says God is a God who forgives. And all we have to do is ask. And if God can forgive me and what I've been through, God can forgive all of you. And we can be together because God is a God of compassion. Um, and we'll figure out all the other stuff um, as we go. Um, what does it say about life or us? We're, we're going to be in deserted places. What does it say about God? God is with us in those deserted places. Whatever you bring today, God is with you um, in that. The story goes on and says, when it was evening... The disciples came to him, to Jesus, and said, This is a deserted place. And the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring, bring them here to me. Okay, just kind of imagine yourself now. I, I really feel for these disciples. I mean, you have been with Jesus and John, right? You've, you've, you kind of get this sense like, I think I'm picking up on what Jesus is talking about. This love your neighbor stuff and, you know, the first will be last and the last will be first. Like, I, I think I'm picking up on this. Let me, let me go to Jesus with my great idea, right? And it is a good idea. Come to Jesus and say, hey, we care for these people, this crowd. We, we want what's best for them. We don't have the resources here to care for them. I think, Jesus, little heads up here. I think it's time to send them away with food, um, what they need. It's not a bad idea. In fact, I think it's a good idea. And Jesus says this arresting phrase, this phrase that just caught me when I read this passage this time. 
they have no need to go away. Well, well, well Jesus, actually they do. Um, it's getting late, and we're in a deserted place, and they're getting hungry. And um, my, my interpretation is this was a little bit of a back and forth. Um, they, they actually do need, need to go away. Um, Jesus says they have no need to go away. When we're in desert places, deserted places, we, my impulse is, okay, we, we need to get out of this. I need to, there's something better. The grass is greener. Some resource out there that I need. Some great idea that's going to solve all this. Some kind of spiritual guru that I just need to read that book and I'll, and I'll figure it out. And I wonder if in our deserted places, Jesus might say something similar. You don't, you don't need to leave. The location abundance is right where you're at. It's right where you're at. And it's right where you're at because there's a God of compassion who's, who's right with us. How would that change everything? That job that we just can't... Ugh, ugh doesn't mean you're going to be in it forever. But I think for today, abundance can be found. Um, the neighborhood you live in, that relationship with your family, your marriage. What would it be to look at those things and to consider and confess the location of God's abundance is right here. And he says to them, right? They don't need it. Well, well, we have nothing here but five loaves and, and two fish. That was the next kind of phrase that caught me. We have nothing here. I love that. But it was almost like they kind of answered their own scenario, right? And we do that all the time. here. Yeah, that's a great, faithful, honest response to Jesus. It's, the problem is we stop there sometimes. We have nothing here. Where these disciples, they say, we have nothing here, but and it's almost like they figured it out as it was coming off their mouth. Five loaves and two fish. Bob has nothing here, but I, I do like my coworkers. Um, this job is like meaningless, but I, I do get to do this one thing that I love. My neighborhood has nothing here, but there is that one person who walks up and down the street that we engage in conversation from time to time. My marriage seems to have nothing here right now, but we do like to eat sushi. We do like to go on a walk. Um, what does this say about, about life? I want us to just sit with the question, what follows the but? With one T. Um, 
in your deserted place? What are the gifts of grace in those places to be named right alongside this honest God? I have nothing right alongside that. What is the but? And you order the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up to heaven, and he blessed, and he broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and all ate and were filled from deserted place to fullness. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. I hadn't seen this before. I'd heard, you know, numbers are important. People try to read into numbers in the Bible to find the meaning of what's going on. Um, and a couple scholars point out, like, these five loaves is a symbol of the, the, the Pentateuch, the, old, the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. These two fish, the, um, the major and minor prophets, um, the law and the prophets, maybe. We come each week to worship God and to get into the scriptures a little bit to celebrate the sacrament. I think this passage obviously is full of, of sacrament. We, we talk about that a lot around here. Um, but I just wonder what, what does it mean for us to consider not only the bread and the wine as that which is grace that points us towards Christ, but, but the scriptures that we have too. What would it be for some of us to enter in this fall to a new relationship with the scriptures um, as means of God's grace um, for us. It's a little plug. There's a few life group ideas rolling around around this, but even, even just kind of on your own, um, maybe right here with Matthew, pick up at chapter 14 and kind of move on through. There's no explanation as to how this happens, right? Jesus takes the bread, the fish. Jesus takes the, the co-worker that you love, the, the activity that you enjoy, the, um, the person in your, your neighborhood that um, is grace for you. Jesus takes them, the, the, those things that come after the butt. Um, he holds them up to God, and all of a sudden... Abundance just starts happening in this story. I think Matthew is trying to tell a story of miracle. Um, some, some Jewish scholars say this is a, a, a spot in Midrash where you get to fill in what you want. Like you give space to enjoy this. Some will do that. Um, and, and, and a common, common story is that yeah, someone brought two, and lo two, two fish and five loaves and gave, and someone else saw that and 
brought what they had, and someone else saw that and brought what they had, and um, that's how the miracle took place. I don't know how this happened today, um, or not today. Today, I don't know how it happened. Um, but I do, I do really think um, it's an invitation to us to bring the little things we have um, to offer to God in the deserted places that we find ourselves. Because God is with us and is a God of compassion, gut-wrenching compassion, and can take those things, those ideas, that bread, that sense of humor, um, that creativity, um, that quiet listening, whatever it is that you have to bring, um, those manual skills, um, whatever it is, God can take those things that come after um, the butt to, to multiply um, and to do miracles with. Miracles in our deserted places. Um, what does it say about life? You're going you're gonna to find yourself in deserted places. What does it say about God? God is a God of compassion. Gut-wrenching compassion. Um, what does it say about us? The location of God's abundance for us is right where we're at. Um, for us to bring the little that we have um, as an offering um, towards newness. Jonathan, if there's a song we can just kind of sing together and um, reflect on, on the scriptures today, um, I think that would be great. And we can kind of sing the kids in as they, as they come. While he gets ready, let's pray together. God, I'm so thankful um, that through your son, Jesus Christ, you've come to meet us and are with us. That God, no matter what our, our story has brought about, you, um, you are a companion of care and comfort. And so as a church, God, we just praise you for that. Um, as people wanting to follow you, um, we, we praise you for that. And God, we want to have the courage and the wherewithal to, in our, on our deserted places, to offer what we have, trusting that the location of your abundance is right where we are. So give us the courage to do that. Give us the eyes to see the bread and the, and the fish that we have to offer. Um, and we just trust, God, your, um, your power and your faithfulness in bringing about newness uh, where we can't quite see it. So we worship you and we uh, come to this table um, in hope of your movement. It's the name of Christ that we pray. Amen.